0: You're listening to the Mom Mindset Podcast. As a mom, I know that you face challenges every day, but I also know that those challenges don't have to steal your joy and confidence as a parent. Each week, we'll address the different challenges and mindsets that moms face and show you how to overcome them so that you can thrive in every season of life. After all, you are the best mom for your child. Hey there, mom friends, and welcome to the Mom Mindset Podcast. We are in the middle of fall as I am recording this episode, and if you're anything like me, you absolutely love fall activities. I love um, doing the pumpkin things. I love hayrides. I love bonfires, all of those different things. And I was thinking about it recently, and fall is really the start of all of you know the big holiday activities. So you know, if you think of kind of the staples of the things that families do from September to December, you've got apple picking, you've got hay rides, and then you kind of move into Halloween, and then Thanksgiving, and then it's Christmas trees, and hot chocolate, and breakfast with Santa, and all of these different activities going on, it feels like you could fill every weekend with at least one activity, if not two, you know? But have you ever kind of like thought about all of those things and started going like, man, is it worth it? Is it worth it to get my kids, you know, Dressed in the right kind of clothes and get everybody loaded in the car and drive to wherever we're going and do the activity, Um, you know, because with all these different things happening, you look on social media and you can see families having fun and smiling and holding their pumpkins or posing by flowers and it, it looks so great. But then you think about your experience And you think about the last time you tried to do something like that and you start to think about well you know it started with my toddler couldn't find their shoes and I couldn't find their shoes and we wasted 10 minutes running around the house looking for their shoes or maybe the baby had a blowout in the middle of the hayrider in the middle of the hour-long car ride to the destination obviously whichever is the most inconvenient. Um, maybe you fall and you get dirty or your baby's hungry and it's windy and it's hard to like keep your breastfeeding cover in place. Maybe your toddler is throwing an absolute fit because it's not their turn on the slide yet. And maybe when it's finally time to leave, because at that point, you know, everyone in this made-up fantasy in your head has just had enough, you have to carry your child to the car because they aren't ready to go and they're kicking and they're screaming and you just look like the worst parent in the world. Oh, and... To top it all off, you didn't even get a nice picture. you know. So there are all these different negative things that could come into your mind when you think about these activities, Uh, maybe based on your past experiences, maybe based on your fears, maybe all this stuff hasn't even actually happened. It's just kind of something that you've imagined in your head. And it can make it kind of hard to even want to go out and do those things, even if it is something that you want to do with your family. And that's because all of these activities that I talked about from fall through Christmas, comes with this set of unwritten emotional expectations, okay? So you love your family, you want to spend time with them, but these outings just feel like, man, this could get out of hand so quickly and I want it to go well so badly. Like, do I want to have to navigate that emotional minefield of my expectations versus my family's reality? So today I want to go over, uh, let me count them quick because I didn't count them ahead of time six, six tips that are going to help you have a successful, fun family outing over the fall, over the holidays, whenever you're doing these activities. So let's start by talking about step number one. And the first thing that you can do is pick an activity that everyone likes. Um, if your kids are young and they don't, you don't know what they like, that's okay. Just start with something that you and your spouse like. You can set the tone for your family. Um, if you know that your child likes to be outside, try an outside activity. Uh, if you know that your child likes a specific sport or a specific, um, I don't know, if they like blippy, like find something that everyone likes, that everyone can enjoy together or that you can be willing to enjoy just watching your child enjoy and make that your activity. Uh, you wanna do things like define the task. You wanna know what your goal is because if you go to an activity and you're not sure what your goal is, it's gonna be hard for you to measure success in that goal and it's gonna leave you feeling like you're failing in that area if you know small things go wrong throughout the day. So define the task. Um is your goal to complete a specific task? Is it to make a project? Uh, Is it to pick apples for a pie that you want to make? Is the goal to get a Christmas tree so that you can decorate it in the family room? What is the goal? What's the specific task? Um, Is the goal to just create a positive memory? Are you just hoping that you create a memory that you'll look back on in years to come and think about the fun times that you had uh, to enjoy some pictures from the day? Uh, Is your goal to just try something new, just to be adventurous and spontaneous and, and do something you haven't done before? You see, knowing the goal will help you measure the success, and I'm using air quotes around success of the outing, and help you know what to look for so that you can fix your mind on that thing. And you also, this also gives you the opportunity to get on the same page as your spouse. Uh, a week or two ago, my husband and I took our kids to a place called Simmons Farm. It's near where we live, and. Uh, he talked about apple picking, I talked about apple picking, but at that specific farm, they have apple picking, they have a hayride, they have all these other fall activities. Um, and honestly, my bigger goal was to do the fall activities because I know that my son would really like them. He liked them last year. He was just a little bit too little to do a lot of them. So I'm like, man, this year, he's really gonna be at a good age for it. He's gonna be able to do more of the things he'll get, he'll like understand more of the things. So that was kind of more my goal than the apple picking, but I kind of wanted to do both. Um, My husband, on the other hand, had only been saying apple picking, so I thought he was fixated on apple picking as the goal. So we get to Simmons Farm, we talk about apple picking, and he doesn't mention the hayride and the fall activities at all. Um, We find out we're in the wrong place, we need to like now go get back in the car to drive to the right place to do apples, and I'm feeling frustrated because I don't want to waste time in the car because we have a deadline that we need to be home by. Um, when all of a sudden we stop and it's like, well, what do you want? And he's like, I just want what you want. And I said, well, I think I want to do the fall activities. I think that's going to, I think Joseph's going to love it and that'll be the most fun thing to do. He's like, okay, great. Let's do that. You know? So just defining the expectation, defining your goal is going to help you avoid those silly um, moments and frustrations between you and your spouse or you and your kids Uh, where it's just unclear and someone feels like their expectations aren't being met, but they don't know how to communicate it. So when you pick an activity that everyone likes or that everyone can at least enjoy some part of, communicate that with your spouse and with your family. Step number two is to pick a time when everyone is emotionally and physically ready to do the activity. So what I mean by this is as adults, sometimes uh, we have busy seasons. You might have a big work project due a certain day or you might be just under a deadline or you just came off of a really long work project and you're tired. Um, maybe you just went through something like the loss of a loved one or a sickness. Think about your own emotions and your own emotional capacity in that moment. You know, it it could be fun to go out and do something exciting under, you know, those conditions where you are a little bit stressed or you are grieving or going through some other difficult emotion or it, it could kind of trigger you to make otherwise small things kind of ruin that event for you. So know yourself well enough to know when you're just emotionally drained to the point that you need uh, something slower and more relaxing versus that big family activity. Um, The other part, so we have emotionally available and physically available. So physically speaking, I'm just talking about like uh, physical energy, right? So your kids likely, if they're young, um, this podcast is really more geared toward moms of, of kids probably five and under, so kids who are usually still taking a nap, uh, you want to make sure that you're planning this activity around nap time, okay? Because we all know what happens if we try and do things in the middle of nap time. I know some kids can handle it. Mine cannot, uh, specifically my son. He cannot. If we do anything that brushes up too close to nap time, I know that there's just going to be a meltdown because he's tired he's hungry and he's angry <laughs> there's just too much going on for him so if we want to do stuff together as a family and enjoy it it has to be either before nap like well before nap ending you know an hour or two before nap would start or right after nap when he's the most rested when he has a lot of energy and he's ready to go the rest of the night so make sure that everyone is physically and emotionally available to do the activity uh, one example of this is in my family was I wanted to go with my friends to this Christmas market last year when I had a 22 month old and a four month old. Um, my husband was busy, so this was an all girls trip. We brought all our kids and like well everyone else bring their kids. I'll be fine. Um, spoiler alert: my kids were not fine. And part of that was because we were under this time pressure. Um, I had to get there at a certain time because I had to leave at a certain time. So we skipped nap. And that did not work out well at all. My son didn't want to stay in the stroller because all of his friends are bigger than him and they didn't have to stay in their strollers. Um, My daughter, and her nap was kind of messed up too and she wanted to eat but there wasn't a good place to sit and eat at the market just based on where it was. Um, It was just kind of like the wrong the wrong set of conditions for my kids. And that was actually one of probably my lowest moments as a mom of two was like sitting on the floor, sitting on in the middle of the street, basically <laughs> in the Pittsburgh market, crying because I don't want to leave and feeding my baby while my son eats some like cookie or something in the stroller. Um, not my greatest moment, but I recognize now that that happened partially because one, I, I probably was just still at a stage where I really needed to have my husband come with me so that we could do man defense um so to speak but also you know i needed to pick a time when i wasn't pressured by these time limits so that i could go at a time when my kids were physically able to handle it and when i was emotionally able to handle it so that was step number 3 or tip no sorry that was tip number 2 <laughs> tip number 3 is to evaluate your emotions and this is a really big one and i want to spend some time on this step so What do I mean by evaluating your emotions? Well, beyond timing, there are a range of emotions connected to family holiday activities. And this really comes down to like we tend to either romanticize or villainize our childhoods. So when you think about a certain activity, um, maybe it's breakfast with Santa, you might think my parents never did this stuff with me. They weren't into Santa. It wasn't their thing. Uh, But I really liked it and I I felt like I missed out on it. And I don't want to be my parents. I don't want my kids to miss out on it. So this trip, this breakfast with Santa has to be so much fun. They're going to love it. It has to be great for them because I don't want to be like my parents. Or you might say, man, my parents always did this with me. I loved breakfast with Santa. We always went to breakfast with Santa. It was so much fun. I want my kids to have this experience too. I want them to love it as much as I do. And while these motivations are fine, you know it's okay to be motivated to say I want to give my kids something I didn't get. That's fine. Or I want to, <coughs> or I want to uh, give my kids an experience that I loved because I want to share that love of that experience with them. Both of those are fine motivators. Think we're all motivated by, you know, our positive and our negative experiences. But what happens when these perspectives start to carry a lot of weight? In our mind, then we put our families in the unfair position of trying to hold up our hopes, our dreams, and our fantasies related to these events. And guess what, moms? They are going to fall short of these standards. Maybe not every time, but quite often. And to have an enjoyable family outing, you have to take responsibility for your own emotions. You have to take responsibility for your emotions and your expectations. Because guess what? You know, first of all, if your kids are young, you know, five or under, they're really not going to remember a lot of these events. A lot of these events that you're going to are for you. And you have to be the one who's in charge of saying, I enjoyed this or I didn't, you know? You have to take ownership of that. And you have to find a way to say, you know, no matter what happens, I'm going to achieve what I came out to do. I'm going to make a memory with my child. And, you know, maybe it's maybe it's not a pleasant memory all the time. Maybe you do have to work through some difficult things. But there are always positive moments in those and those crazy memories that you make, you know. So even if it's a moment, even that moment when you know my, I was in the middle of the Christmas market crying because I didn't want to leave, uh, but I knew that my kids needed me to leave. Um, I also remember, you know, my son getting this really special treat and getting to pick it out of the first stop that we stopped at. I'll still remember walking through and looking at the the different Santa Clauses from all over the country with my friends and, you know, seeing my, my son interact with some of his best friends and pointing at the Santa and like, what's this, what's that? You know, so there were still good moments in that, in that memory, even though, um, there were very negative parts of it, obviously. Um, but I had to, you know, I have to take it, my emotions in that moment and I can't let them be changed based on something that I can't control. I can not control my kids. I can only control myself. Of course, I mean, you can control your kids a little bit, but as far as like, are they enjoying it or not? You can't control that. You can only control yourself and the way that you view that situation. And furthermore, you know, as as much as uh, you're doing it for you, your kids have no set expectation for these trips. They aren't carrying the same kind of emotional baggage into the situation that you are. You know, they... If they're really, really young, like my son Joseph, he doesn't remember even the things we did last year very well. So he has zero expectations. You know, he doesn't expect it to be this crazy fun experience or this crazy negative experience. He's just there living in the moment. And any, you know, pressure in the experience is not coming from them. It's not coming from them. Your kids don't feel gypped because uh, you had to leave 15 minutes early because someone threw a fit. Your kids aren't feeling gypped because. Uh, the apple orchard that you liked wasn't open and you had to go to a different one. Your kids just want to spend time with you and have experiences with you and build memories with you. So take those childhood experiences that you've had out of the equation and look for ways that you can serve your family and steward your own heart well in those moments. So evaluate your emotions. It's okay to take an honest look At yourself and figure out what you're thinking what you're feeling what your motivations are and really becoming more aware of that will help you manage your emotions in the moment so step number four step number four is to create realistic expectations with your spouse and with your children Uh, ask yourself questions like what are you doing You know what are we about to do how long are we going to be there Uh, is there a time limit do we have to leave by a certain time is it more open-ended Uh, What are the expectations for behavior? What are the consequences for behavior? What will happen if certain behaviors happen during that trip? How will you signal that it's about time to go home? You know, answering all these questions with your family, setting those expectations will help you establish boundaries and, uh, you know, steward your family well through that whole experience. There You know, kids love structure. Kids thrive on structure. Uh, My son especially thrives on structure. I think more than most kids. But having that structure lets them know what to expect. It helps them sort of steward their own emotions by giving them that time to prepare for what's coming next. Um, And it sets you up for success because then when you throw out uh, a certain instruction, it's not coming out of left field. They've had time to prepare and they remember what it is. So you know, part of this is discipline, yes, and it's discipleship, but the other part of setting real... Oh. So that part of it is all, you know, discipline and discipleship, setting expectations that way. The other part of setting realistic expectations is is the realistic part, right? So I absolutely love my two-year-old. He is a great kid. My husband and I talk about it all the time, um, you know, watching him learn and grow and, and the way that he's learning how to manage his emotions and learning how to listen um, it, it's great. And we're very proud of the progress that he's making. But we also have to recognize that he is learning. Um, and that means that sometimes he he needs to be discipled or disciplined more than others. Um, I really like this page on Instagram called Busy Toddler. And she has a slogan and that's being two is fine. Because two, you know, two-year-olds, their world is something that they're just starting to explore. They have all these emotions. They have these physical abilities. They have physical limitations and what they can and can't do. They're trying to you know, develop mastery over their own body, over their emotions. There's a lot going on for a two-year-old, and they don't have a lot of tools to cope with it yet the way that we as adults do. So as much as I can establish boundaries and I can reinforce things, it is likely that during this experience during the hayride during breakfast with Santa during uh, driving around to look at Christmas lights he will have a two year old moment so uh, what that means is that While I obviously expect obedience, I have to expect him to have those moments that we have to steward. And when, because if I go into an experience and I think, man, he's just going to be so happy and having so much fun, we're not going to have any problems, then I'm going to be blindsided (laughs) when he does throw a fit over it not being his turn to go down the slide or when he does throw a fit when it's time to leave. And, you know, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to magnify that negative moment because it was something that I didn't expect and I didn't mentally prepare for. So, Figure out kind of what are you going to expect from your child realistically, like in terms of their actual behavior and what are you going to reinforce, but also just prepare yourself that you're going to have to use those tools It's part of being a parent. You're going to have to use them. Uh, And it doesn't mean that that you're a bad parent that if you have to discipline or disciple your child, um, you know, in the middle of the activity, that's normal, that's learning and that's learning on the go. And that's, that's just the way that two and three year olds are and you know, it doesn't reflect badly on you as a parent, even if, you know, it feels like that in the moment, if everybody's looking at you or whatever, remember, you're never going to see those people again. Like very rarely is someone going to see you, you know, have to pull your child aside and talk to them about their behavior and see you again later and actually judge you for it. Like, that's just not realistic. That's not happening. So take those moments for what they are. They're learning moments for your children. They're going to happen. And you know what? They reflect that you are a good parent, that you're taking the time to steward their emotions, to uh, train them up in the way that they should go, just like the Bible says, well. So be prepared. Set your expectations across the board. Step number five. This is one that I'm really looking forward to talking about. Step number five is to have a fun mindset. You see, you are going to see what you look for. Um, You know, if you're not looking for a four-leaf clover, you're probably not going to find one because there are just so many three-leaf clovers. When you start looking for ones, you will start to find them out there in nature. So when we apply this to our situations as parents, we need to look for the enjoyable moments, the little moments in the middle of the bigger experience. So for me, some of these experiences that I've had with my son are, you know, we were at the farm and he was just so amazed by the tractor pulling the hayride. He thought it was the greatest thing ever. He talked about the tractors all day, the color of the tractors, the fact that they were pulling the hayride. Now, anytime we see a tractor, he talks about them in the hayride. Um, Just the look on his eyes and, and the excitement that he had seeing something so simple was a great moment for us. Another great moment for us is, is I can't remember an exact example in this situation, but it's something that he'll do often is he'll be having a day where he's not really interested in his sister. Um, he'll play with her sometimes, whatever. But then he'll come up and he'll just have the sweetest moment where he'll be like, Sissy, are you done? Or, Sissy, do you want to play with the car? Or, Sissy, let's take a bath. Or whatever he's thinking in his mind at the moment. And he's trying to include her. So for me, that's another little enjoyable moment, even if it's not something she can participate in or shouldn't be participating in maybe he tries to give her something to eat that's not edible uh, which totally happens at my house I don't know if it does at yours Um, but you know what regardless of what it is seeing him care about her even if it's you know not perfect uh, is something that I enjoy and that I enjoy seeing and that's a win for me that's a big moment or it's it's a small moment um, but it gives me this big feeling of satisfaction and I can find those little moments in the middle of bigger experiences um, another one would be, you know, catching a glimpse of your spouse, just like letting loose, having fun, goofing off with your kid uh, at the at the farm activities. My husband is, you know, laying in the middle of these giant tubes with Joseph, and they're like trying to walk it so the tube rolls. It's difficult to explain. <laughs> if you saw on my story I had posted a few weeks ago. Um, I absolutely love seeing my my husband just kind of let loose because normally, you know, he's working; he's a bit more serious. Uh, but he's not a serious guy all the time, and I, I love when he taps into that fun side, especially whenever he is doing it with our kids. You know, it's part of why I married him because uh, I knew that he would just be a great dad. He would be so good at creating those fun moments for our children. So. Those are some of the the little moments in the middle of that bigger experience that helped make it a positive experience in my mind. Like in a general sense, yes, we had a lot of fun. Joseph did a lot of different activities, but those little moments um, are things that I hold on to whenever, you know, the more difficult things happen. In that specific case, my son did not want to leave, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, But because I had all those great little moments that I had already seen throughout the day, that that moment at the end, especially because I I knew and I had an expectation that that was probably the way things were going to go. Um, I was able to take those little moments and and add them up to say yes, today was a success. We created great memories. I have these great moments. I feel closer to my spouse and to my kids than I did when I when I came out, and that was one of my goals for the event. Um, so that's part of having a fun mindset, you know. You also have to recognize that fun can have a lot of different forms, and that means that your goal for the day, what you think is going to make it fun, may not be the thing that makes it fun for your family. It could be something totally unexpected. Maybe something goes terribly wrong, and the way that your family responds is is the great moment. Um, it could be that maybe you are going apple picking, but your child is way more interested in the grass or. The fence or the worms that they find, you know, allow fun to be the goal even over your initial objective. Um, one more thing that you can do to have a fun mindset is to anticipate the triggers for your child or spouse and make those triggers into fun moments. Uh, for us, that was leaving, and I didn't do a good job with it. In this case, we didn't really do much to make it fun, and that made it kind of harder, but at least we knew that he wasn't going to want to leave and we did our best. Um, but what's something that you can do is to anticipate those triggers and make it fun. So if you know that your child doesn't like leaving a fun place, as very few children do, uh, maybe plan something special, plan an activity to do on your way home. Um, maybe you're going to get a certain favorite for lunch or you're going to sing a song together as you walk back to the car. That's something I've started doing with Joseph at the park and it has worked so well, like surprisingly well. Um, just singing Old MacDonald had a farm over and over and over until we get to the car. So make it fun. Anticipate those moments. You know your child better than anybody else. You probably know the things that could set them off. And you know not that not that we're like trying to coddle them or not teach them anything, but just to make it fun for them to protect that memory and to help them uh, transition to the next thing more easily. So make it fun. Find ways to make it fun. You are a fun mom, whether it feels like it or not. You can be a fun mom. You can make those silly moments um, with your kids and you can find the fun and the enjoyment in the little things. So step number five and step number six, and this is, you know, This is not the one that we want, but you have to have a plan B. And it's actually funny that I'm doing this podcast today because my pastor actually just did a service called No Plan B. Um, But fortunately, these are two totally different things we're talking about. He's talking about the plan of God for your life, and I'm talking about apple picking. So in this case, pastor, I hope it's okay to have a plan B. Um, So having a plan B means having an out, having a solution for if things go totally down the toilet you have a way to rescue the day and rescue it maybe just rescue it in your mind and maybe rescue it physically. So um, this summer in June I lost my grandfather. Um, He passed away and you know I kind of trudged through the next couple of weeks you know we we went to the funeral and then it was it felt like it was just right back into the grind of, of work and raising kids. And I was so excited to go on vacation to my in-laws. You know, they have a pool. uh, They have a really big backyard. I have all of, I have a ton of um, sibling in-laws. I don't know the right way to say that. Siblings in-law to play with my kids. So I get a little bit of a, a break from mom duties there, which is great. And I was just really, really, really looking forward to it. But then it felt like it rained and was cold like all week. Um... I got sick, then my kids got sick. It was an absolute mess, and I was an absolute grump. I am ashamed to say. Um, but at some point, I just had to say, you know what? This isn't what I was expecting, but I can't control the weather. My husband can't control the weather, though I have tried to ask him to control the weather. Um, the only thing that I control is myself. So, needing a way to kind of rescue the day, needing a plan B so that I could try and be present and enjoy the vacation for what it was, um, I decided, and I asked my, my mother-in-law, and she didn't care, she thought it was great, um, that I would just come back again in August and I would try to have the relaxing vacation that I had pictured and built up in my mind then. Um, and I did, honestly, I went back, I think three or four weeks later in August, it was gorgeous weather, I like to say it was God's gift to me, uh, just how absolutely beautiful the weather was um, while I was there. It it was the trip I needed. So, but the point of the story is that like sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes you plan a trip, you have the best intentions. Sometimes your kids can even be absolute angels, and it can still not turn out the way you want or the way you expect, and you can feel sad. You can feel grumpy when that happens. I know that I do. Um, but having this mindset of saying like, okay, what's the plan B? Sometimes it's saying, okay, what's the worst case scenario, and what can I do? if that worst case scenario happens. Sometimes you just gotta get out of there and try again a different day. Um, Sometimes you need to ditch that activity and do something that's a guaranteed winner. Like for us, that would probably be stopping for ice cream on the way home. Something simple, something quick, uh, but something that can just kind of reset the mood of the family. Um, Another option is, you know, having a second option rather, gives you the opportunity to just check out of that negative situation kind of mentally to say, okay, That was bad. I'm going to focus on my future. I'm going to focus on the future for this family. And I'm going to focus on what I can control. So that's having a plan B. You know, making memories like this, it's so much more than just checking a box off of a list. Um, You have to choose what matters to you. You have to understand, you know, the goals for your family, the vision for your family, and choose activities that. Are going to fold into that. Choose activities that you like to do, that you enjoy doing with your family. And I know that when you invest the time into preparing your mindset by going through these tips, by thinking through your motivations, by setting expectations, um, by changing your mindset and putting your mindset toward having fun, you know, I know that doing all of these things are going to help you be equipped for whatever challenges your family throws your way. You're going to be free from the emotional expectations of the trip and free to just enjoy it for what it is. Enjoy your family for who they are without, again, the pressure of the often unrealistic expectations that we put on other people uh, to fill our own needs. So there you go six tips six ways that you can have a successful fun family holiday outing i would highly encourage you if this episode was helpful one please share it on social media because i have had this conversation with several different moms i've seen this these types of things happen um you know on social media just through conversations that i've had i think it's super important so if it was helpful for you please share it you never know who could tune in and who could listen and how their family could be impacted by this uh, by this advice, by these tips. And, you know, it's stuff that I practice in my own life as well. So I know that they work. I've definitely had my share of negative experiences and positive experiences, uh, or at least on the surface, what should be negative and positive experiences. Um, So, yes, please share the episode and also save it on your podcast, save it on your computer, wherever you listen, and keep listening to it throughout this holiday season because you're going to be faced with these kinds of situations a lot over the next three months, probably more than at any other time of the year just because of how many activities we try to pack into the last three months of the year. But just keep listening to it, keep practicing these these uh, tips. You know, it's not going to look perfect at first if you're someone who really a lot of this resonated with you and you feel like it's something you need to work on. It might not look perfect the first time. Like I said, um that experience I had in January, I know all of this stuff. I've practiced all of this stuff, but practicing it with two kids was different than doing it with one. Um, and I need to grow in it. I need to work more on my mindset, more on keeping my mind on the fun things, more on Uh, setting up my kids and my family for success so this is always something you can keep working on that you will keep working on And as you do I know you're gonna see results in your family I know you're gonna have even more positive memories I know that your family is going to be healthier and stronger because of it and you know you're an amazing mom just for listening to this podcast just for investing into yourself and that makes me proud of you so Anyways, I would love to connect with you on Instagram. I would love to connect with you on Facebook. I just started a Facebook page for this community, and I'm going to work on getting a group up and running here shortly. So if you're interested in that, definitely send me a DM, and I will work even harder on getting it up and running quickly. Um, Yeah, but until we talk next time, remember that you were made to be a mother, and you are the best mom for your child. Can't wait to talk to you next week.